Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Hallelujah. We want church to be fun. You know, we want to, you know, get to the point of those things. But we, wanna, we want you to enjoy yourselves while you're here. And, and I hope that you are. You know, I don't ever want church to be a drain or a burden. You know, I went to a church a lot when I was a kid, and I talk about it a lot. And I, I don't say that bragging or prideful. You know, probably most of the time I would have chosen not to if I had the choice, but I didn't. Um, but, you know, I, I, I enjoyed it to an extent because my parents never made it a burden or a drag or, you know, yelling at me to get in the car or get your brush, your teeth brushed or get your clothes on, we got to go. I mean, I, I remember my parents, you know, they, they would you know stay up an hour later after church because i still had homework to do with me because we made a priority to be in church we've got things to do but we got to be at church we got to go and it's very rare that we said you know what we're just going to take the night off or not be there and and i'm thankful for that i'm thankful for great parents that place value and a priority on that and and you know life happens and, and things are going on but um to make a priority to be here i appreciate that from you guys and you know, we could easily shut it down and, and say, hey, we, we get church on Sunday and God's good. We can get it for the whole week and he can give us enough to get to the end. But, you know, we just haven't been led to do that. And, and you know, I, I believe that we're getting something out of these services. Amen. Amen. First Corinthians chapter three. Uh, title of my message tonight is it's not cute anymore. It's not cute anymore. Any parents ever told their kids that anybody ever been told that by your parents, maybe. You might remember you're doing something. It usually refers to the fact that you were doing something that was immature or childish. And uh, there is an expectation as we grow up that we let go of some things, right? That we There's some things and some habits and some ways that we used to do things. Uh, hopefully, none of you adults are going out to Olive Garden, taking the bowl of spaghetti and dumping it over your head. And it's just everywhere. And and we're just eating with our hands, right? We got kids in here tonight. So I want to try to be as energetic and fun-loving as possible. Amen. I don't have any candy tonight. But, hey, that just means you got to come back next week. That's all. It's a little incentive, a little lure, if you will. Um, so, you know, and, and Paul said this in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. We're in 3. We're in 3. You can stay there. But in 13, he said, you know, when I was a child, I did childish things. I spoke like a child. I acted like a child. But when I became a man, I put away. It's not cute anymore. There's some things that we've got to grow into. And so we're going to talk about spiritual growth, spiritual maturity tonight. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, starting with verse 1, Paul is writing to the Corinthian church, which he planted, which he put there. And now after some time, he's writing back and he says, And I, brethren, could not speak to you as to spiritual people, but as to carnal. Everyone say carnal. But as to carnal, as to babes in Christ. Now, thank God we're in Christ. Amen. And I'd rather be a baby in Christ than a man in the world. Right? I'd rather be immature in, in God than mature in the things of the devil. Right? Uh, but he's identifying here that there's levels. I couldn't speak to you as spiritual, but as to carnal. So, apparently, there was something... That was telling Paul, I was expecting to be able to talk to you like this, but now I'm having to talk to you like this. And he says, as to babes in Christ, I fed you with milk and not with solid food, right? Because babies can't take 
the solid food, right? Right? We, we, we have to be cautious with this, that, that we're not giving somebody something they can't swallow. You'll choke them. You'll kill them. You'll choke the life right out of them. So we got to understand that people are on levels, different degrees. And so he says, I fed you with milk, but not with solid food. For until now, you were not able to receive it. And even now, are you still are not able. Verse 3, why aren't you able? For you are still carnal. For where there are envy, strife, divisions among you, are you not carnal and behaving, New King James says, like mere men? Mere men. Carnal. Now, let me just define this for you because everybody in the world, everybody in the entire world on the face of this planet can be categorized in three different categories. Number one is sinner or lost without Jesus. You don't know Jesus. You, you have not come into the knowledge of Jesus. The next level, once you're born again, you are a babe in Christ as we see, and he uses this word carnal. Carnal. Now, carnal does not refer to the lost or to unbelievers. Carnal is a term that is for believers that still live like the flesh, that are still led and and motivated by the flesh. And we all have levels of carnality. We all have moments of carnality in our lives, areas that need to grow, areas that need to develop, areas that need to mature. And then the last level, the last layer that we see here is spiritual. Spiritual, that means mature in the things of God. Now, I want to define this mature thing tonight. I want to define what spiritual growth, what spiritual maturity looks like and why it's important to become spiritually mature and not remain spiritually immature. Spiritually immature. It's not cute anymore. There's some things that we've got to take on and develop. Um, Go over to Hebrews. Go over to Hebrews. You know, with all this stuff that's going on in the world today and in our nation, and, uh, you know, we addressed a a little bit of it, um, you know, this past weekend. And, you know, with with all this stuff's coming out, I'm going to tell you right now, um, there's going to become clarity as the world gets darker. It's going to not only identify the church, but it's going to identify the real church. The real church. And I don't mean that like, you know, there's a real church and a fake church. But what we've got to be careful of is that we don't just go back to a previous experience or a past, you know, I did this or I prayed this or I acknowledged this. But it's got to be a continuation of things. Everything in life is limited to decay without proper maintenance. Everything in life is limited to decay without proper maintenance. If you don't maintain your car, uh, I mean, I, I've seen people that uh, have can, can get 10 to 15 years out of a car, no problem. And I've seen some people with a three- or four-year-old car, and it's just run down. It's amazing the thing's even operational. Why? Because someone maintained it. Someone took care of it. They made sure to get the maintenance and the work done. They, they made sure to uh, continue working on it. The same thing with a building. You ever been in a building that has had no traffic or no nobody in it? It's amazing how just a natural building 
thrives off a human life. Just walking through it. And you would think, oh, well, that would just wear things down. But you being there keeps it operational. The air's functioning on and off. Just the water's being turned on and off. The lights are being turned on and off. You know, uh, doors are being opened. You don't know what that does for the life of a building. How it prolongs it. And, but everything in life is limited to decay without proper maintenance. And so is our spiritual life. Every now and then we just need to make a, a little spiritual tune-up, spiritual checkup on the inside. And we've got to make sure that we're maintaining our spirit life. Amen? Over in Hebrews chapter 5, verse 11, the writer of Hebrews, many believe it's to be Paul, the writer of Hebrews says this in verse 11, of whom we have much to say and hard to explain since you have become dull of hearing. See, Paul wants to, or sorry, the writer of Hebrews, I just always, I I feel very strongly as you can tell that Paul is the author of Hebrews. But the writer of Hebrews has some things he wants to explain, wants to make clear. But it's the individual who's receiving that determines what level I can receive. It's not up to the writer. It's not up to the author. Even Jesus had to look at his disciples one time and says, there's many more things I want to share with you, but you cannot bear them. You cannot handle them. That's interesting. He continues to go in verse 12, for though by this time you ought to be teachers, you ought to be communicating to others, you need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God. Elementary stuff. The fundamental stuff. Why? Because if we don't properly maintain, we're limited to decay. Now we've digressed. Now we've gone backwards. The first principles of God, and you have come to need milk and not solid food. Once again, we see uh, this difference of what you can ingest, what you can take in based upon uh, your growth level. Verse 13, for everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled, unskilled in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But solid food belongs to those who are of full age. That is, those who by reason of use, reason of use, what's that? Maintenance. You've worked this thing. You haven't just let it sit dormant. You haven't just let it lie around. You've put it to work. You've used it. Have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. And then Ephesians chapter 4. Just kind of building a case here. Ephesians chapter 4. Hallelujah. Ephesians chapter 4 in verse 11 says this. And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, pastors, and teachers. That's the fivefold ministry gifts. For the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Till we all come to the unity of the faith. And of the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man. Everyone say perfect man. Perfect man to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. That we should no longer be children, immature, tossed in, uh, to and fro by, and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men and the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. But speaking the truth in love may grow up. Everyone say grow up. Grow up into all things. Into him who is the head, Christ, 
from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies, according to the effective working by which every part does its share, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. First point I want to make, spiritual growth is not optional. Spiritual growth is not optional. You don't have the choice to just come in the kingdom and say, I just want to stay at this level. I'm just glad I got here. I'm just glad I made it in. You know, but I just I, I don't have a desire to grow or to uh, to uh, continue to advance further in my walk with the Lord or as a disciple of Jesus. You don't get that choice. Spiritual growth is not an option. We just saw from three separate references that there is an expectation not only an expectation, but a requirement for believers to grow. Now, when I say requirement, I do not mean a requirement to get to heaven. And, and most of you know by now that, you know, that's low on our priority list at Anchor Faith Church. Not because, uh, you know, I don't want to go to heaven or not because we're not going to go to heaven, but we have a purpose in the earth to accomplish and fulfill. And Jesus placed a prior, a higher priority on getting heaven in the earth than us getting to heaven. Thank God we're going to go to heaven and thank God Jesus is coming and thank God uh, that, that the kingdom is going to reign once again in all fullness. Not just within us, but in all fullness. But right now I got a job to do on the earth. And so it is a requirement to spiritually grow. It's a requirement to spiritually develop. And your level of output in life is strongly dictated by your level of input in life. So, first point, spiritual growth is not an option. In fact, I can prove this to you in John chapter 15. John chapter 15. John chapter 15 and verse 1 says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Now, just out of that verse right there, let's read it again. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. So if I had to ask this question, what is the expectation? What is the desired goal or the desired end? I think we can clearly identify it's bearing fruit. Do, do we all come to that same result, that same end, that, 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 that same clarity, that bearing fruit, being productive in the earth today is what Jesus wants us to do? This is Jesus speaking. So let's keep going. Bearing more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. See, you come into the kingdom, you're made clean. But he doesn't stop there. You're already clean because of the word. You receive the word of the kingdom. You receive that we need to be saved, born again, receive salvation by making Jesus the Lord of our life. You're already clean. But then he says, abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in 
with me. He's pointing to the fact that you ought to be producing something. We ought to be bearing fruit for the kingdom of God. And the level of production is determined by the level of intake. And it's an easy word. I I say easy. It's not maybe as easy to swallow, but it's the word discipline. Discipline. Spiritual growth is the result of discipline, period. Spiritual growth doesn't happen by accident. Spiritual growth doesn't happen casually. Spiritual growth happens deliberately and intentionally through discipline. And so Jesus is identifying, look, you've got to be bearing fruit. And even if you are bearing fruit, I'm going to prune you. I'm going to cut some things off so that you can bear more fruit. Isn't Jesus greedy? I am producing. I want more. Isn't that the way God works, that as soon as you get to a level and you're excited, man, I overcame that challenge, I learned to put that down. I mean, you just defeated something, you know, it, it might have been forgiveness and, 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 and holding ought against the brother and, and, and holding an offense. And, and you just got free from that man, and it's so freeing. It's just it's so awesome to, to know that I can walk in forgiveness even with people that hate me, and I don't hold grudges, and, and I'm not staying offended at people. And you're just, God, I just... Thank you for growing me. And he says, that's awesome. Here's, here's some more. And you're thinking, I mean, what else could I possibly let go of? What else? I mean, you're just overcoming this victory in, in your life. You're just, you know, uh, so excited. And he says, hey, I, I need you to work on, uh, work on this. I, I need you to work on, on, on how you show up to work and, and, and work for your boss. Oof, man. And every time it feels like a mountain, it's like, God, I don't know. I I don't know if I can. uh, You're you're stretching me. He says, yep, yep, I'm pruning you. I'm pruning you. Because, see, every level requires less and more. Every level requires you to get rid of something so you can take on something. Well, isn't that the way in, in just natural growth? Just natural growth. And I'm going to tie all this in here in a second because we're going to read the story of the prodigal son. But isn't that just the same way in our natural? You've got to let go. You've got to stop crawling before you can start walking. And and, and so we've got things that we've got to cut off. We've got to let go. And we've got things that we've got to take on and develop in. And. You start walking rather than crawling, but you might trip and fall down. And it takes discipline to continue in the growth process. It takes discipline. So it's, it's deliberate. It's intentional. Spiritual growth does not happen by an accident. But the cutting always brings increase. The cutting always brings increase. The more I let go of, the more I can take on is what Jesus is saying. If you will prune that thing, trim it, get rid of the stuff that's holding you back, get rid, because every level requires you to let go of more. Because every level requires you to take on more. You've got to take on more. 
So we're talking about spiritual growth. We're talking about this expectation, this requirement of growing and developing spiritually. Luke chapter 15. Luke chapter 15. This day and age is, is, is we're, we're getting to a level in time and in life now where we need spiritually mature, spiritually developed individuals. Now, that word perfect that we read over in Ephesians chapter 4, that word to a perfect man. Everyone remember that? To a perfect man. That, that word perfect doesn't mean you never blow it, you never miss it. That word perfect is actually... Uh, same word translated in the Greek for mature. Mature. To be a perfect man, to be a perfect individual, doesn't mean that I, you know, I, I never miss it, I never blow it, I never make a mistake. I mean, I just do what God wants me to do all the time. No, it means that you are mature. Mature. And in Luke chapter 15, we see, we see a story of not so much somebody that falls away and comes back, you know, like we usually think of the prodigal son. But I want to see it in a different light, starting with verse 11. And then he said, a certain man had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portions, the portion of goods that falls to me. Isn't that just like a child, an immature person, to just think about me and what can I get and mine? That's mine. That's mine. I want it. So he divided them his livelihood, and not many days after, the younger son gathered all together, journeyed to a far country, and there wasted his possessions with prodigal living. And when he had spent all, he arose, uh, there arose a severe famine in that land, and he began to be in want. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into his fields to feed swine. And he would gladly have filled his stomach with the pods that the swine ate, and no one gave him anything. And when he came to himself, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger. I will arise, go to my father, and will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. And when he was still a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight, and am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Bring out the best robe, put it on him, put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet and bring the fatted calf here and kill it and let us eat and be merry. For this, my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found and they began to be merry. The prodigal son is a story of an immature person. Immaturity lacks responsibility. And this is kind of where I want to go today. I, I've already set uh, the, the first point that 
there is an expectation, a requirement of spiritual growth and development for every believer. This is not optional. We already said that spiritual growth and development comes by discipline, by deliberate and intentional thoughts and actions that grow you, whether it's cutting on or taking on, or cutting off and taking on. And now we're seeing that the whole purpose of maturity is responsibility. Guys, I want you to understand today, this is the point I want to drive home, that there is something God wants you to do, uh, not only wants, needs you to do, that only our maturity can handle. That only our maturity can handle. I put it this way. Spiritual maturity prepares you for natural responsibility. Spiritual maturity prepares you for natural responsibility. There there are things that I have identified in my life, you know, as I've grown and and definitely as I've become a, a pastor that there's things that I've got to align. There's things I've got to get Uh, you know, in alignment or straighten up or cut off or take on because there's a responsibility on my life that requires me to be at that level. And what we have with the prodigal son is an individual that got too much too soon. The prodigal son was a young man that got more than he could handle. He needed maturity to handle the responsibility. Now, it was not odd for a son to ask for his inheritance. That's not odd. I mean, it's rightfully his. It belongs to him. But the question is, is he ready? Is he ready? Is he able to take that on? And guys, I want you to see tonight that your purpose, that God has a purpose and plan for your life, but it requires you to be able to handle things responsibly, not irresponsibly. This could be a multitude of things. This could be relationship. This could be relationship. You know, we, I, I, I try to help single people with this, that, you know, you want to develop yourself, and, and especially for those that want to enter Uh, you know, a marriage relationship with someone, you've got to be able to responsibly handle a marriage relationship. I I ask them all the time, are you the spouse you would want to marry? So much you're thinking about what I want in an individual. Are you what they want in an individual? Are you preparing yourself to be responsible with a marriage relationship? Relationship. It might even be friends. God, I, I really want a close friend. I, I really want, oh, okay, are you just going to vomit all over them and just, you know, uh, throw all your garbage on them and just, you know, run them in the ground? Or are you going to be faith, uh, a faithful friend? Are you going to be a loyal friend? Are you going to be one that runs right down the road as soon as something comes up? Are you going to get offended easily and, and feel like they're just attacking you when they're trying to help you? See, God, God knows this stuff. And it's very dangerous when we get a hold of something 
but we're irresponsible with it. The easiest one, and the one that is identified here in the prodigal son, is the level of finance. You're praying, you know, God increase me, God increase my paycheck, increase my 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 load, and and He's going to say, Are you being responsible with what you've got? I, I I could get you that promotion, I could get you that raise, no problem. But the only issue is, is you're irresponsible. And if you're blowing the hundred, you'll blow the two hundred. If we're not tithing off the hundred, you won't tithe off the two hundred. If you won't be faithful to uh, answer me and to respond when I tell you to give uh, based upon what you have now, I'm not going to give you more to be irresponsible with. And so maturity helps us handle a different load. Helps us responsibly take care of more. More. I want a better job. Well, are we being responsible with the job that we have now? I want a better boss. Well, are you being responsible with the boss you have now? I want better employees. I want employees that are going to treat me better. And I want employees that are going to show up on time. Well, are you being responsible with the ones and doing your part? And, and so spiritual maturity prepares you for natural responsibility. Maturity allows you to handle resources properly. See, the prodigal son was immature, so he squandered, he wasted the resources. If you take those same resources and put them in the hands of a responsible person, you'll get a different result. You'll get different fruit. Someone that's allowed themselves to be pruned. Someone that's allowed themselves to take on responsibility. Someone that has been disciplined with deliberate and intentional action to grow and develop. God can get things to you if you're prepared to handle them. God has no problem getting resources to us. God has no problem getting the right relationships to you. God has no problem getting you the right job. God has no problem getting you uh, the right family, the right marriage. But the question is, will we properly handle that which he's given us? What levels of growth and maturity? And see, guys, I want you to see today that you've got a purpose and you have a destiny on your life that requires you to handle something. And God is trying to grow us up. But how many of you know growth comes in stages? There's no child that comes out of the, out of the mama uh, talking. They say, hey, give me the keys to the car. I'm going to drive myself home. Right? You've got to show signs of maturity. And how dangerous it is when we give somebody something before they've proven to be responsible with less. You know, we, we see this sometimes with teenagers. We give them responsibility of something. You know, it's a big craze uh, these days uh, for young kids to have cell phones. Young kids. And I, and I have nothing against it. As long as they can be responsible with it. That's all. You just, you're always checking responsibility. You're always looking at, can you handle what's in your hand? 
Because if this becomes a tool to talk to people we shouldn't be talking to, if this becomes a tool to look at stuff we shouldn't be looking at and, and doing things we shouldn't be doing, then we're probably not responsible enough, mature enough. See, maturity is a great identifier of responsibility. And vice versa. Your level of responsibility will quickly identify your level of maturity. It's not about age. I I know some teenagers that are better with money than some adults. It's not about age. It's about management. It's about responsibility. It's about levels of stewardship. It's about spiritual growth. And so God wants us to spiritually grow, spiritually mature. Now, maturity. I said earlier that God isn't expecting us to be perfect and never mess up. Let me give you a quick picture, a quick identifier of what maturity looks like. Maturity is being able to responsibly make the decision without outside help. For example, my son, he's four. And if we go to that, if we say, hey, we're going to go across the street. We're gonna, we want to go see Miss Shannon at the stores. We want to go over to 84 West and just go see Miss Shannon. So we're going to go walk across the street. Now, I'm obviously not going to send him by himself. He's four years old, right? Because what's, what's he probably going to do when he gets to the road? Go. Right? So he needs me to hold his hand. And then we get to the edge of the road and we say, all right, we stop. Did you see there's cars coming? We've got to wait for cars. We've got to look both ways. Right? He needs me to speak. He needs me to direct. But now, hopefully one day he becomes old enough. One day. Where I can say, hey, I need you to run, run, run across there real quick and, and go tell Miss Shannon something for me. Can, can you go give this to her? And, and, and hopefully one day uh, he's old enough where I can send him and know that when he gets to the road, he's going to stop and he has become mature. Mature. He doesn't need me to tell him this or that. He could do it on his own. Spiritually, spiritually, we just saw that there's fivefold ministry, pastors, apostles, teachers, evangelists, prophets, that are given for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry to help us become a, a, a mature, a perfect man, to the stature of the fullness of Christ, till we're no longer children tossed to and fro. See, as we're maturing, you've got to lend yourself to someone that can help guide you and direct you. Say, hey, 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 we, we, we don't talk like that. We, 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 don't, we don't say those words. Hey, whoa, 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 we, we don't do that. We don't respond like that. But as you grow, and become mature, you're able to recognize those things on the inside for yourself. Oh, man, uh, I'm not supposed to say that. And then you become really good where you stop yourself before you do it. Oh, I could say this, but I could post this, but I could share this, but 
I could comment this, but I could spend this, but I could keep this, but now I want to tell you, Jesus left us with somebody that's the ultimate guide and the ultimate leader, and that is the Holy Spirit. And my job, my job in life as a pastor is not to stand by your side and help you make those decisions all the time. My job, what I get the greatest joy out of is when I see our people growing up spiritually to where they hear the voice of the Holy Spirit and they come to me on Sunday and say, man, Pastor Mark, I had the greatest opportunity. This thing came up and, and man, I, I was you know, getting there. But the Holy Spirit rose up and said, hey, we don't need to do that. And I stopped. I, I didn't. The Spirit's in the kid. Development. We're growing. And this is going to be more and more necessary as the day draws near, guys. I mean, you know, one of the things that I'm kind of saddened with, I'm kind of grieved with, is through all this stuff that we're seeing in the work, in the world, I'm, I'm just seeing too much from Christians that's not right. Anybody else seen it? I can tell you, I'm so thankful it doesn't come out of this church, guys. You don't know how, how that makes me feel. And if it did, well, hey, we just got some growing to do. That's all. And one day our church is going to grow to where we've got some of that. And we'll just, we'll address it and move on. But Christians today, we got, we got to grow up. We got to develop. We've got to maintain our spirit life. This isn't. Pray and go on. This is maintenance, daily maintenance, daily correction, daily tuning, daily, uh, you know, lining things up, daily adjustments here and there. I mean, Paul went to a church. And he said, man, I was hoping to be able to come back to you. I was hoping to be able to write to you and talk to you as spiritual. But I'm finding out that there's division and envy and strife. He's talking to Christians. He's, he's not talking to the world. He's talking to believers. And he's saying, I ought to be able to talk to you like this, but I have to talk to you like this. See, your level of maturity determines what you can take. What you can take in. And in this day and age, and with what we're seeing, there's, there is a need arising for us as believers in the kingdom of God to reveal the kingdom of God. And we've got to be mature. We've got to be developed. We've got to have some things, we, you know, understood and down. That doesn't mean you're gonna, you're never gonna miss. That doesn't mean, uh, you know, it, you know. One thing that's awesome about maturity is when you do miss it, you quickly identify it and you get it right, and you take responsibility for it. So even when we do mess it, we even when we do mess up, we miss it. There's quick correction to align it and get it. In place, and I believe that as we continue to see more and more of this stuff come out, we're going to see those believers, those Christians that know the Word, are disciplined in the Word, and disciplined with their spiritual lifestyle, that they're going to respond properly. That they're going to show up and show the love of God in the midst of all of this.
I'm getting ready to do a series and I'm studying it out now. But all of this is just showing me that we need to teach the church how to walk in love. We, we need to teach the church what love looks like. You realize if the church doesn't reveal the love of God, nobody else will. They don't have the capacity to do, to do so. Because God is love. Who else is he given the responsibility of showing love to? But we, we, it seems like the church is so confused on what the love of God even looks like and, and, and how do I respond to these things. And look, there is a, there is a tearing apart that's going on on the inside. And, and, and for the last weeks, last couple of weeks, especially the last few days, you know, you've probably felt this weight and this, this tearing on the inside because it's something so offensive. But I want to love the individual. I can't stand what they're doing. I can't stand the offensiveness that you would even want to do that. There's even a desire within you. But the individual, what about the person? I mean, I had to check myself last night because we were at a store last night. And the individual, I'm sure, you know, if he's not a homosexual, he's just super on that side. I don't know. Pretty feminine. I mean, you know, it is what it is. And these days, sometimes you don't even know. You find out they got a girlfriend and they're married to a, a, a woman. And it's like, well, okay, well, well, power to you, man. But, you know, this guy, I'm pretty sure he's there. And in the back of my mind, I said this. In the back of my mind, I, I said, I wonder if he's a homosexual. And it, immediately, it's, I stopped myself. And... My response was, no, he's a guy. You're, he's a human being is what he is. Why, why am I identifying him by his sin? That's like walking past someone that smells like smoke and says, I wonder if he's a smoker. No, he's a human being. He's a male. I mean, if you just want to break it down to what he is, what he's doing is not who he is. And see, so we, we, we've got to check ourselves here because we, 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 how do we help them if we don't first identify who they really are? Your heart should be grieved for these people. Not, oh, get away from me. The sin on the inside makes you want to do that, but it, it makes you want to come in and say, man, you if you only knew. And so, you know, right now I'm studying. I'm looking at Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John because that's all that Jesus dealt with. You realize Jesus didn't hang around any Christians. He didn't die yet. He didn't go to the cross yet. All that he hung around were people that were separated from his father that didn't care about living for his father. But he said this, two things he said, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. He always placed responsibility on them before they came. He said, where are your accusers? Neither do I accuse you. Go and sin no more. So Jesus is the ultimate individual that we can look at that was able to love the sinner and hate the sin. 
We don't have to go any further. But let's rightly divide it. Let's rightly define what that means and what, how do we communicate with this? How, how do we deal with this? But guys, it first starts with those that are disciplined to develop themselves on the earth. Love walk is, the love walk is uh, immature people are incapable of walking the love walk, walking in love. It's impossible. The Bible tells us that the love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. Amen. I didn't want to get off on that stuff. and I just want to help us understand there's a need to grow and develop. There's a need, guys. Give attention to it. Will you? Will, will y'all commit? To, I'm going to give myself a spiritual checkup, spiritual tune-up. And, and what are those things that I can do that will develop me to the next level? What are those things I need to take on? And what are those things I need to cut off? It may be big things. It may be small things. It may be a little adjustment here, a, a tweak there. But really look inside and say, what, what is it that I can adjust because I need to grow. Some of us have even gotten to a level that's comfortable. Some of us have even gotten ourselves to a level that, you know, I feel pretty close to God. I feel like I'm doing pretty good. And he's still saying, come up a little more. Come up a little more. Let's continue to develop that thing. Amen. Let's continue to press towards that. Father, we thank you tonight. We thank you. You have such great things in store for us. You have such great plans and purposes, things that you want for us and and need for us to do, Father, but, but you need us to grow and develop and mature so we can handle those things responsibly. Father, there, there, there may be individuals with offensive lifestyles that you want us to minister to, but you haven't brought them along our path because you know we won't handle them right. We'll, we'll, we'll get offended or we'll operate out of hate or we'll just condemn them rather than allow the word of God to penetrate. Father, we thank you that we give attention We prioritize our spiritual growth and development in our lives. May you lead us and guide us. And Father, we we remain teachable and allow the correction of the Holy Spirit to work inside us and say, hey, you, you need to adjust this. You need to change this. For some of us in this room, the Holy Spirit's been identifying for a while now. We, we haven't been quite as compliant as we need to be. But Father, we thank you for your mercy and your patience, your long-suffering with us. But Father, I thank you that we begin to take steps to adjust those areas. It might mean we need to get more resources. It might mean we need to sit down with somebody and say, hey, I'm struggling with this. Can, I, can, can you help me? Can you walk me through this? Whatever it is. Father, may we be obedient to your call and to your direction by the Holy Spirit. Father, I thank you that you're raising up a church in the last days that loves you, loves 
to do what you're calling us to do. So we invest in ourselves and we invest in our development so that we can do all that you've called us to do and be all that you've called us to be. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.